Previously on Dear Bastard. I hereby confirm that the above flat 317 Chekhov Gardens has been sold via private treaty to Bartholomew Inc., a US Virgin Islands corporation. Dear Robbie, we do not appreciate the attitude that you have displayed in your emails or the insulting coarse language you have used. Barry and I do not consider ourselves bastards. You should be ashamed of yourself. As far as I'm concerned, selling that flat to the highest bidder as quickly as possible was the obvious course of action. Gupta, as far as I'm concerned, you lost me my job. The email account that you tried to reach does not exist. Meanwhile, a message regarding the coronavirus. Hope is the thing with feathers. I am reasonably well, although I am observing the advance of the coronavirus across Europe with increasing alarm. I am not a pessimist, I am a pragmatist, and therefore I intend to be prepared for every eventuality. And do not want to hear anybody coughing in the hall outside my door. If you do cough while standing too close to me, and I contract a pathogen from you, do not think for a minute that I will hesitate before calling the police. Episode 2 Plus ça change. Dear all, it was most heartwarming to see and hear you banging away in the warm April evening in support of our health service workers. I'm sure they could hear the commotion down the street at St Belinda's care home. An apologies yet again for getting the time wrong. Mea culpa. <laughs> I did note one absence, however. Robbie, you failed to make yourself heard, which is most disappointing in this hour of national solidarity. I understand that we're all to clap again at the same time every Thursday for the foreseeable future. It would be nice if you could join the collective effort. Our neighbours on both sides participated willingly. Even Mr Siddhartha, who only has one hand. Best wishes, Jill. Jill, I agree with Trevor on this. Pay them higher wages. I won't be clapping next time either. Robbie, XOX. Comrade Robbie, it's nice to have somebody in this building to back up my socialist ideals. I suppose your forced exit from the residential property racket must have undermined your zeal for capitalism. In my view, we should donate some money to our underpaid doctors and nurses instead of just clapping for them. I'm happy to make a donation. Will anyone volunteer to coordinate? Cheers, Trevor. All. I think the idea of a whip-around is a great idea. I'm on the board of the local drop-in centre and we're in acute need of additional funding sources. However, I have been reading about how COVID-19 is spread and I do worry about the touching of coins. Sanitising them may be quite the task. If you could each write a cheque and put it through the letterbox of number one, I will let them all lie on the mat for a few days, after which I can convey the donation myself. Best wishes, Jill. Hi everybody. I'm sorry, I can't write a cheque. Not because I don't want to donate, but because it's the 21st century. Is there another way to contribute? I would prefer a small amount. 
turns out that I'm not entitled to the furlough payment because I was let go from my job before the pandemic officially started. If Gupta hadn't deleted his email address, I'd have half a mind to invoice him. Cheers, Robbie XOX. Dear fellow residents, as not everybody has a checkbook, I am willing to personally disinfect any coins that people would like to donate. I propose the following. I will leave a bucket of toilet bleach in the hallway, into which you can drop whatever coins you wish to donate. After 72 hours, I will collect the bucket, drain it, and add the coins to whatever other contributions we have received. However, before I embark upon this, Rolene, will placing the bucket in the hallway count as leaving my home for the purposes of government regulations? Please advise. Regards, Barry. Hello, my friends. Are you well? I am so well, as per usual. Barry, you ask a very important question. There's an old saying, mystification is simple, but clarity is the hardest thing of all. Fortunately, that proverb does not apply in this instance. You may not leave an open bucket of any caustic bathroom product in our common hallway. This would indeed count as leaving your home. Furthermore, toilet bleach is an unsafe and unnatural household product and leaving it open to the air could expose us to toxic fumes and even nasal burning. Please abandon your plan. I take my responsibilities as chair very seriously and do not want to be put in a position of sanctioning you. On a lighter note, the latest round of Rolene's Riddles counted a record 17 participants. And Robbie, we were blessed to be joined on Zoom by none other than your lost love, Luke. He did mention you. Salutations, Rolene. P.S. Trevor... Although your camera was off, your microphone was on. If you're going to dial in again, please do not make those noises. Thank you. This is madness. Barry and Jill, that drop-in centre is closed. Anyone who dropped into it would be breaking the law. Why should we donate our money to a non-functioning local concern when our doctors and nurses have had their wages frozen for years? My letterbox is open. Anyone who wants to put anything through it for the NHS is welcome to do so. I will not report you because you will not have broken the rules. Sorry to contradict you, Rolene, but the hallway is part of our home. Just like your patio is part of yours. Cheers, Trevor. Barry and Jill, I have already put money through your letterbox and it's good to know that I didn't break the law by doing so. However, I didn't realise that you were planning to funnel it into a shuttered old people's lunch club in which you have a vested interest. I don't want my money diverted that way. Can one of you please give it to Trevor to ensure it goes to a legitimate cause? Cheers, Robbie. Dear fellow residents, Bene Notata indeed. Thank you all for the various donations through our letterbox in the last few hours. I have personally disinfected the coins and notes, and we have raised a grand total of £23.90. 
1 euro and 21 cents, and 100 South African Rand, all of which will be donated to the drop-in centre. Roline, perhaps we could make a one-off donation from the Common Fund to bring the total amount up to £100. Yours sincerely, Barry. Barry and Jill. You need to read our emails more closely. Do not transfer our donations to that drop-in centre, which I now seem to remember was in fact closed down before the pandemic in shady circumstances. I don't know what the two of you are up to, but you are treading dangerously close to the threshold of money laundering again. I also don't think that our already drained common fund should be taxed even further by channeling our money to beneficiaries of your choosing. Give that money to me and I will sort this out. I'll even give you a receipt. Cheers, Trevor. P.S. Please do not bother sanitising it a second time. Hello, my friends. I am fine. Thanks for asking. Trevor, as chair, I am overruling you in a matter of donations. The drop-in centre remains very active, much like the vibrant clientele who attend my regular seminars there on how to manifest in time for the next life. By adding the total of Mr. Gupta's book tokens to the common fund, I have released £70 cash to add to our donation. This means that our account books will be unaffected by the transfer. Meanwhile, I see that the government rules about leaving our homes have relaxed a bit. What a relief! Nevertheless, in line with the new rules, I will still be enforcing the wearing of face masks at all times when you are transitioning the common area. To brighten up this transitional phase in our strange lives, I have repurposed some of my less delicate pashminas and left each of you a brightly coloured face mask outside your doors. I hope that these will put smiles on your hidden faces. Remember, in the words of the great abstractionist, Vasily Kandinsky, colour is a power which directly influences the soul. Most appropriate, in this occasion, of course. Sent in the spirit of health and well-being, Rolene. P.S. I continue to hear horror stories of people buying eight multi-packs of toilet paper at once from the mini-market on the corner. If any of you need help resisting this kind of Malthusian doomsday mentality, I am happy to offer counselling in the garden. Rolene, it's good to know you've balanced our accounts with a stack of WH Smith's vouchers. I look forward to fixing my stopcock with a copy of the next John Grissom. Speaking of the mini market, I'm running low on eggs and flour. Does anyone have anything to spare? I'll swap you for a multi-pack of toilet paper. Cheers, Trevor. Raleen, those garish face masks that you created for us are quite frankly useless. They're not breathable and thus fog up one's glasses. As a result, poor Barry was quite blinded when he wore his, should we call the colour cerise, mask and banged into the corner of our coffee table. 
I'm putting this on your radar as you're to blame. This may have reactivated his badminton knee, which memorably prevented him from winning the 2008 Regional Cup. Unfortunately, since we are dedicated to following the pandemic rules, we cannot get out to the healthcare centre to have his knee examined. He is limping and wincing quite badly. I want to put it on the record that if he has suffered a long-lasting injury, I shall lay the blame squarely at your feet. Jill. P.S. Speaking of horror stories, I noticed several catering-sized packets of dried lasagna sheets on your kitchen table when I was in the garden earlier. You would do well to avoid that kind of panic buying, lest you get a reputation. Jill, how's it? You have no standing whatsoever to bring a legal complaint against me, whether formally or informally. It was not for me to anticipate the layout of furniture in your lounge when designing masks for you. The poor positioning of your coffee table is therefore not my fault, and there is no discussion to be had. Also, neither of the masks I gave you was cerise. Barry's was lapis lazuli, also commonly known as blue. Yours was puce and was tailored to fit the shape of your jaw. I would also like to point out that it is quite difficult to see my kitchen table from a garden unless you have your nose pressed up against the glass of my French windows. Please do not encroach upon my patio porch stoop. This counts as entering my home. Keep yourself and your potentially viral droplets at a safe social distance, please. As the wise saying goes, if safety is a joke, the punchline is death. Remember that, Jill. Raleen, thank you for your clarifications. Whatever colour you call it, a tattered ethnic scarf is not up to the job of a modern medical grade face mask. To avoid the spread of germs, I have burnt it. Best wishes, Jill. Dear fellow residents, urgent notice. CC Daphne Fairclough. I have at last turned up a clue as to who or what, is moving in upstairs. As many of you have noted, we are being steadily swamped with letters, parcels, packages, et al. addressed to Bartholomew Incorporated. Since none of us knew anything about this organization, and Daphne remains unavailable to answer questions, I set up a Google Alert for the name of the corporation to monitor its activities. And late last night, I received my first hit in the form of a news story on some leaked tax documents, the so-called Pineapple Papers. It seems that Bartholomew Incorporated has purchased not just Flat 317 Chekhov Gardens, but also a timeshare in the U.S. Virgin Islands and a boat, the Sunset Orchid, registered in Belize. It has also made a large donation to a fundraising organization called People for Profit. The search for that particular entity turned up nothing. I will continue my investigations. But clearly, these are the hallmarks of organized criminals. Trevor, I have you to thank. Had it not been for your throwaway reference to money laundering, I might never have made the connection. 
Yours in vigilance, Barry. Dear Sender, thank you for your message. Please note that I do not work on Monday afternoons, Wednesday mornings, Thursdays or Fridays between the hours of 11am and 2pm. Please note also that due to ongoing work from home measures, my response will be delayed. Please also note that due to ongoing childcare requirements, I cannot take any phone calls when I work at home. If you have any questions or need verbal support, please contact my colleague Cheryl Cassowary during her own hours, which can be found in her out-of-office message. Also please note, Madge Smith has left the practice. Regards, Daphne Fairclough. Barry. Buying property through the most tax-efficient method available does not make you a criminal. I myself am a limited company, and through that I own a timeshare on the Wirral. Who do you think I am? Trevor McMahfia. I don't think your Google Alerts tells us anything, except that whoever bought the flat is an extravagant bastard. I don't look forward to living underneath him. Where he expects to dock his boat in suburban Kent is anyone's guess. Cheers, Trevor. Hi everyone. A reminder that my own flat is still for sale and to please circulate the listing across all your networks. The link, again, is below. Barry, you said you had a friend at the tennis club who might be interested. Who is this person? My first online viewing didn't go very well. While the prospective buyer liked the flat, she could hear one of you cackling at something, so is convinced that the walls are too thin. I have another online viewing tomorrow morning. Can I ask you all that you whisper, or better still, remain silent, between 11 and 11.15am? Especially you, Jill. Frankly, I don't care who moves into flat 3, and I don't intend to be here long enough to find out. Cheers, Robbie. XOX. Hello, residents of 17 Chekhov Gardens. It's me, your favorite American, coming to you from Minnesota with wonderful news. The mystery buyer who bought the empty apartment is me. Well, technically my dad. When I surprised him with the news that the university invited me back this fall, he surprised me right back by revealing that he had approached Mr. Gupta directly to lock down my beloved old place at 17 Chekhov Gardens in the heart of merry old England. Clearly, I can't get there till the borders open, so over the next couple of months, I'm going to have my new apartment totally redone, painted and turned into the dream home I've always wanted. Barry, does your stepbrother still run his interior design business? I'll be hitting you up to help me get the construction work, etc. underway. But for now, let's just enjoy the good news. The Lord certainly works in mysterious ways. Praise him. Yee! Dana! Smiley face. Surprise emoji. House emoji. Union Jack emoji. Smiley face. Smiley face. Thanks for listening to Dear Bastard, written and directed by Andrew Nochty and Paul McCain. 
Daphne Fairclough was played by Amy Gilbrook. Barry Fenlon was played by Lewis Moore. Jill Fenlon was played by Sophie Handy. Robbie Gold was played by Rory Matheson. Dana Gustafsson was played by Maggie Marie Casto. Trevor McNamara was played by Sebastian Romaniuk. Rolene Van Aus was played by Lorian Clements. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, search for Dear Bastard Podcast, or follow the Linktree links in the episode bio. And please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts.